Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Ephrata Community Church Weekly Podcast, a conversation with our pastors and leaders meant to continue encouraging you to know God, know freedom, know purpose, and make a difference. Well, hey, welcome to the Ephrata Community Church Podcast. It is great to have you joining us today. Dan Golnack here with Pastor Kevin Eshelman. We are glad to be here today, and we're taking a break this week from uh, discussing our weekend services and sermons as we usually do, because we have a special topic today. Uh, specifically, we just want to have a conversation about church planning yep. and um, uh, effort of community church, <clears throat> our heart towards church planning, our history about it. You know, uh, one of the things that I had mentioned to you was I love the quote from C. Peter Wagner, who said that church planning is the most effective evangelistic method under heaven. Now, I don't know if he's right. Uh, that was his opinion. <laughs> But I have yeah. a heart for planning new churches because I do believe it is a way for us to, to fulfill the Great Commission. And, um, you know, there's statistics out there that 60 to 80 percent new believers are reached by new church plants each year than established churches. Yeah. Um, you and I, I know we both want to see every established church yeah. reach lots of the new people for yes. Jesus each and every yeah. year. Uh, but it is an effective way to reach, uh, to reach the lost and yeah. to reach new people. And so uh, that's my heart for it. But we at Effort of Community Church, I know we have a history of planning churches, and um, it's a heart here. So, you know, Kevin, what is what is our history first and foremost? And uh, let's just, you know, let's dive into this conversation. Yeah. Well, uh, the history, we would have we would have a history of letting God do what He wants to do. I, guess, <laughs> that's, I know it sounds, no. that sounds uh, easy. It's actually not oftentimes done. You know, Effort of Community Church starting as a small church with 12 people. And uh, sometimes what churches do is they decide what they want in a church. Mm-hmm. Meaning that, okay, we want to remain a small church. And, uh, you know, interestingly, God does have a certain amount of, like, He honors that. Okay, if that's what you want, that's where it's going to go. Yeah, We've taken the desire, or taken the approach here, we're going to adapt to what God is doing and what He's uh, laying upon our heart here as well. So. We did move from you know house church of twelve people to the barn to the next building to this building, as well as launching uh, several congregations in that process as well. So it really goes back to as far as 1990. A couple, well, a couple of very key things, but um, there was a weekend retreat that the church did at that point in the okay. church life. That the whole church used to go away for an entire weekend. Uh, would rent out a, a college campus, you know, dormitory in the middle of summertime, and and do some intensive teaching. And Barry Whistler would have taught on the Church of Antioch from Acts chapter 11 and 13 and really asked the uh, church to embrace that model. Yeah. And so from that time, in 19, early 1990s, there was actually even a prophetic word that said God would pour out His Spirit in the fourth year. Mm. So from 1990 to 1994. And so what began to happen from that point was um, they took the prophetic word seriously, so they embraced that. They began to think about, okay, well, we need to maybe expand the... Uh, capacity of actually receiving people if God's going to pour out His Holy Spirit. So First Church, Covenant Community Church would have been planted about that time as well. In year number four, God did pour out His Spirit in a way that we did not expect, uh, which was a defining, when I say moment, it was about three to four years, defining moment of who we are as effort a community church. But it, even in that time uh, would have been the seeds. I can't really say that HarvestNet was born then. To some degree, HarvestNet was born in that season, but it was um, maybe just not taking shape or form okay. to the degree that it did like in the later 1990s as well. Uh, so that began. 
with twofold. Like we want to expand congregations, see more churches planted, as well as see healthy churches thrive. Right. Church congregations get healthy and thrive. Uh, about four to f- four times a year or so, we mail. We do a mailing here at Effort to Community Church. We cover a five mile radius, so ten miles all the way from side mm-hmm. to side. Yep. Uh, our estimation, based upon census figures and who lives in that area, that we could be mailing to forty-two thousand or so, forty thousand. If we want to be a conservative, okay, we'll say thirty-five thousand uh, unchurched folks. Wow within that kind of driving distance of effort of community church. So in this area, when you talk about church planting, people will say, don't we have enough? Aren't yeah. there enough? Uh, we need every congregation healthy and, and reaching people, and we need more right. uh, to reach. I'm, I am grateful for, obviously, the area we live in and all that God has been doing and is doing here, and we have thriving congregations but um, we're still not recognizing that there's actually more. Yeah, and um, that's needed. <clears throat> and that makes me even think of the number that's represented by the map that you have in your yeah. office, which uh, it's escaping me right now. The number. Yeah, two hundred and twenty-six thousand people. Um, yeah. That goes back. I'm trying to think. It's probably about a year, fourteen months or so ago. Okay. Um, you know, we are praying for revival. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> no, we're not apologizing for that. No. Or we're not going to adjust for that. And I know that becomes almost a little bit of a catchword. Yeah. And it's hard to know, like, okay, how do you define what revival is? And I would simply say, I, who am I to define what revival is? But it is people regularly coming to the Lord and, and uh, Christians breaking out of lukewarm mediocrity yep. and passionately live like those two things. Yeah. So whether it's a loud revival or whether it's a quiet revival, like that, that's all right. form. Yep. The fruit is... Um, being born, people being born again. And um, so we do believe for that and we expect that. And so while we do live in a great area and great things are happening, we have to continue to build the wineskins required to hold. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know your heart's the same as mine, which is, you know, I'm willing to do anything <clears throat> short of sin. Yeah, right. Right? To yep. reach all of those 200,000 plus people yep. with the gospel. Yeah. And to see and to see believers revived to yep. to live thriving lives, walking in the Spirit, yep. whatever it takes. And so there are some uh, there's the there are some new wineskins even that we're pursuing right now. Uh, one of them uh, is uh, disciple making movements. Yep. And so um, many maybe some of you haven't heard about that or don't even know what that word means. So uh, what do we mean when we say that, yep. Kevin? Before I, go, before I answer that question, okay. if I could just step back to the 226,000. You can uh, do whatever you want. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, I felt 14 months ago, I felt like the Lord um, was asking me to believe for actually a certain number of salvations to occur. Okay. And so looking at some, some revival times, seasons of revival from both the 70s and going back, you know, into previous centuries as well. Um, it's just kind of a rough number of, mm-hmm. hey, about 20% of the population gave yeah. their life to the Lord. And so I simply looked up the population of Berks, Lebanon, and Lancaster County, and uh, 20% of that is 226,000. I was going to be gracious and say, ask God for 230. Um, but I felt like I actually needed, I felt like the guy was asking me to actually carry a very specific number Wow. to say, okay, we want revival. Um, okay, that's, I mean, that's good, we'll mm-hmm. do it, but I'm asking for 200, 230. 
thousand yeah. salvations yeah. in that three county region. Right, a quarter of a million people yep. in, in three counties. And you know, the other thing that we see with revival historically is the transformation within the communities yes. and within culture yeah. that comes with that as well. So it's, it, it of course is individuals that are coming to salvation, uh, families that are transformed, yep. but we also see cultural transformation as well. And so, um, and that's a quarter of a million people in, in three counties. Is, yep. And especially with the population density of our counties, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people. And, it is. And it, what an impact it could have. Yeah, by the way, just kind of a side note. So if 230,000 people did give their lives to the Lord, we would still be less than 50% churched in those three counties. Yeah. So when I look at that, I thought, maybe I'm not asking God for enough. But we'll start there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's good. Yeah. Man, that's, man, that just I, that, that breaks my heart. Um, and uh, that's definitely something. I mean, I would invite anyone listening and wa- or watching to to pray with us for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the disciple making movement. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, one great thing. There's so many great things about the season in which we live, but one of those things right now is there's a significant amount of congregational unity. So between uh, various expressions of the body of Christ. So it isn't just congregations that are like one another. Mm-hmm but actually congregations that are different from one another, that work together and like one another. And, and with that same heart, uh, we got to reach people for Jesus. So um, I won't, I mean, I can mention various congregations, but in other words, we talk together about strategy, yeah. about how we, how can we reach people. And so there's... And you mean you and other churches. Other leaders, yes. Other leaders, yeah. And so part of it is like, we know some that use a satellite campus um, expansion model, uh, autonomous church plant, expansion model and all of that like all of them are valid and we actually want to be a part of all of those so it's not like we're doing one to the exclusion of the other but we have been somewhat captured by the disciple making movement which is um, really how the church is growing in most of the world yeah except here <laughs> however I think there's a segment of the population that will respond to that and even not other models. Right. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know, on Sunday even, or, or a couple, last Sunday, you mentioned about Iran. Yeah. And, you know, the way that it's the underground church is growing in Iran and led majority by women. But even there, you know, that's, that disciple-making movements is what is yeah. attributing to that growth. Yes. Um, and it's, it's attributing to the growth in India. It's attributing to the growth in China. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, numerics tell us that uh, this movement, disciple-making movements, actually we are seeing in places that the church is persecuted the most, yeah. the fastest growth of the church since Pentecost. Yeah, through that's this. amazing. It, 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 since Pentecost, <laughs> right? And so, <laughs> yeah. uh, and so for us, I mean, this is something we want to pay, we yeah. want to pay attention to, mm-hmm. and say, okay, God, what are you doing? And uh, if you're doing this, how can we join you? And yeah. what, what about here? Yeah. Um, and so um, the disciple-making movements, you know, is, is this idea of uh, engaging people where they are and discipling them where they are and inviting them to become part of a, a, a shared community. Yeah. And um, sometimes that's in homes. That could be in uh, third spaces and coffee shops or whatever that is. Yeah. 
uh, uh, discipling people that are far from Jesus to come and encounter Jesus, uh, uh, you know, surrender to him as Lord and uh, become a faith community wherever they're at. Uh, and I hesitate even as this conversation to name yeah. what that is because we, you know, as soon as we put yeah. words labels to it, we, we label to it, people it. Have, a, have a frame for what that is, but essentially they become small churches. Yeah. You know, so some one of the terms for uh, the outcome of disciple making movements is micro churches. Yep. That seems to be used quite uh, often around uh, the conversation right now. Yeah. Um, but you know, smaller expressions of the church that uh, that that could be multiplying movements of disciple making. I don't know what else you wanted to share on that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Well. Um, first of all, even going back to our own history, like I mentioned, yeah. we started with twelve people. So even even if, like, using the term of house church, micro church, we should call it Jesus church. <laughs> in other words, Jesus, it's your church, you do with it as you see fit. Right. So the leaders of effort, a community church, this church belongs to you, Jesus, and so you do with it what you want. You want to yep. use this for revival and renewal. And like in the 1990s, you want us to move from a house to a barn to a building number one and building number two. Um, it's not our church, it's his. So even, but, it, but, but starting different. So in this particular case with disciple-making movement, it's the priority then is making disciples. Yeah. Now other, other models work well where you invite someone to church, they give their life to Jesus, and you, then you make, but this is actually leading by disciple-making and then seeing what God forms out of that as well. Yeah, and that is, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I want to be careful for those of you listening or watching, not to do like an us versus them yeah. or this versus that. Like we need every model. We need yes. every model healthy. Uh, there, but but there is a difference in, in approach from, uh, you know, traditional church planting. What you do is you start with a Sunday gathering, yeah. you know, and you invite people to that. And we're all for, very familiar with this, yeah. where where this actually starts with uh, what may be a one to one relationship with someone who's far from Jesus. Yeah. And, and uh, building a relationship with them and inviting a group of people to begin to discover who Jesus is through his word. Yeah. And, um, and as that group discovers who Jesus is and becomes a group of followers of Jesus meeting together, well, then the natural outcome is you have a church. You got a church going on there. Yeah. yeah and so and one of the things you mentioned there was, I'm trying to think how you said it just a few minutes ago, but it's about, this, about um, discipling people where they are. Yeah. And another way of saying maybe the same thing is it's discipling people where you are. Correct. So it's a way of actually looking like, what's, where's God placed me? Who's the people that are around me? You know, I'm a part of a gym, or I, I go to this school, or I, I'm at XYZ Community College, or whatever that is. So it's, it's uh, as much where, where he sent us. And so it's a matter of like opening our eyes, taking a look around, and seeing what's actually right in front of us. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to use the, the phrase where we live, where we learn, where we work, and where we play. Yep. So, you know, your neighborhood... Uh, where you learn. If you're a college student, if you're a uh, high school student, if you're um, uh, even a, an adult learner, yep. you know, if you're learning someplace that, that God's placed you there, not only to gain a degree or whatever, but also to be a missionary. Yep. Um, you know, where you work, uh, our workplaces uh, are great places, and we encounter people all the time at our workplaces. Uh, and if you go in there as a missionary, that changes the with a missionary mindset. That changes the way that you engage people. That may change what you do on your breaks, uh, how, where mm -hmm. you eat lunch, how you eat lunch, right? Um, mm -hmm. yep. uh, where you play, like you said, 
recreation. Yeah. Uh, I go to the gym every morning. Okay, well, um, that's great. Uh, physical fitness, big fan. Yeah. But also, you know, um, who are who's, go- there? Who, who's there? What soccer team do you play on? What yeah. team do you play on? Softball, yep. you name it. Yeah, and if you're a parent and you have kids in sports and yeah. you're spending, you know, hours a week <clears throat> sitting there with other parents watching <laughs> your kids what engage, perfect, what yeah, a perfect example yeah. Yeah. Uh, and opportunity to, to reach people for Jesus. So one of the things we're doing here uh, is we're moving towards uh, to doing this, and I'm, yeah. I'm moving towards training people yeah. on, how, on how to do this. I don't know how much you wanted to say about that or... Uh, you know, and uh, inform people about that. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's just one of those areas where uh, we we feel called to steward. And um, I mean, this conversation would be about three to almost four years That's old. Right. But actually, we did not have the, the focused resources to actually to pour into that. And that's, you know, a big part of what you're doing is yeah. to say, okay, we want to move this in a direction. And so, so folks have been through some training with that as well. But this is not a really a flash in the pan kind of thing. It's it's a it's a gradual build yep. that builds momentum, and I I believe that we'll see that occur. Yeah, and so uh, for those of you that are joining us, whenever you are, just know you know we have started uh, going <clears throat> after this and training and equipping people, and it's something you're going to hear more about. Yep. And there's going to be opportunities for uh, for people that are part of Effort and Community Church to grow in their capacity to to engage in this and to explore what it may be for them. Maybe God's inviting them to be part of this yep. new wineskin. Yep. And uh, I'm really excited about it, obviously. I am as well. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we just uh, we wanted to have a small conversation about this. this. is just a drop in the pan compared <laughs> to all that yeah. we could talk about this. We could, quite honestly, spend hours discussing this. But we wanted to start the conversation with those that haven't heard it yet um, because you're going to be hearing more and also uh, to have you start praying with us and for even those that have already uh, been trained and are actively pursuing this disciple-making movements in our region. There are people in our church, and uh, you'll learn more about them soon as well. But uh, yeah, thank you for joining us today and for tuning in. We appreciate your prayers around this and your engagement in this, and we look forward uh, to seeing you soon. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged by listening. You can listen to previous episodes, find additional resources, and of course, learn more about us at effortofcommunitychurch.com.